Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. The remarkable life and legacy of NBA superstar and civil rights icon is captured in this wonderful documentary film, Bill Russell Legend. This two-part film from award-winning director Sam Pollard features the last interview with Bill prior to his passing in 2022, as well as access to his sprawling personal archive. The film is going to be premiering, Bill Russell Legend will be premiering on Netflix on February 8th. And you will definitely want to catch up with this, not only if you're a basketball fan, but if you're just a person who wants to get to know one of the preeminent um, figures off the court in terms of his work as an activist for civil rights and so many other things. And so many people who with which he bonded over these many years, just a terrific individual and a, and a presidential medal freedom winner as well or honoree. The film, again, is called Bill Russell, Legend. We're joined today by the director, Sam Pollard. Sam, welcome back to Film School Radio. My pleasure, Mike. How are you doing today? Doing wonderful. Um, the uh, film, as I was trying to explain, is that it, it is about this wonderful basketball player, this transcendent basketball player who really did change the game of basketball on many levels. But it's his off the court, who he was off the court. You've done an awful lot of documentary films of, about iconic figures, in, particularly in the civil rights era. Um, what was it about Bill Russell that attracted you to this project? Well, uh, I was approached by Ross Greenberg, the former president of HBO Sports, and his other executives, Larry Gordon, Mike Richardson, and Charlie Rosenzweig. And uh, they asked me if I was interested. And, you know, I'm a child of the 60s, so I grew up, you know, listening and watching and hearing about Bill Russell and also about Bill Russell and his rivalry with Will Chamberlain. So for me, it was like a no-brainer. It was something that I was interested in as part of my generation. I said, oh, sure, I can dig this. So I said, yes, I'd love to be involved. How familiar with his life just, I mean, prior to this? I'm talking about his kind of off-the-court life. And I wasn't as familiar with his off-the-court life as I was with his basketball career that I knew about. So this was a real eye-opener to know that here was a man who went down to Jackson, Mississippi after the death of Megha Evers to support Charles Evers. He was a man who was at the March on Washington. He was a man who was asked by Jim Brown to come to Cleveland to listen to Ali and understand why Ali refused to go into the draft. He was a man who got involved in the Boston busing issues in Massachusetts. He was a guy who refused to sign autographs, could be a pretty ornery guy, but who also loved his Boston Celtics teammates. You know, he loved being a teammate of the Celtics, but he didn't love Boston. You know, this was a man who, to me, the other eye-opener was, he was a man in 1969, Mike. He wins the 11th championship in 13 seasons against the, the Los Angeles Lakers of Jerry West, Elgin Baylor, and Will Chamberlain. And he walks away from the Boston Celtics. He walks away from the city of Boston, and he walks away from his family gets in his Lamborghini, and he drives out to L.A. to start a whole new life. Talk about a midlife crisis, man. You know. And the other thing, too, that's interesting is that we had a producer, Ruben Atlas, who really pushed the idea that we should have excerpts read from his books. You know, 
which I think are really insightful in giving you a sense of who he was as a player and who he was as a black man in America in those turbulent times. Let's talk a little bit about his basketball career. You've just mentioned he he has, as they say, often a, a, a ring for every finger and and then some, you know, 11 championships, nine as a player and two as a coach. And he started with the Boston Celtics, I believe in 1957. Let's kind of pick up that thread where where he came from, from USF and sort of his transition into the pros. Well, here's a guy who didn't really get into basketball until he got to Oakland, you know, as a young man. You know, he kind of stumbled through it in middle school and high school. And then he got into USF and he was told that his style of play wasn't the right way to play basketball as a center. And he kind of said, well, I can't do it the way you want to do it. You stay grounded. And he introduced a more vertical type of play. He went on to win a gold medal at the U.S. Olympics, at the Olympics in, in Australia. Then he gets drafted by the Boston Celtics, who at that point had two great players on their team, Bill Sharman and the Houdini of the hardwood, Bob Cousy. But they couldn't win champ. They hadn't won any championships. And when when Bill Russell arrived, many people didn't think he was a great shooter, and he wasn't. You know, he wasn't Will Chamberlain. But they knew that he could bring something that that no one else had, and that was be to become the greatest defensive center in the history of the game up to that point. And with the with a boost of confidence from Red Auerbach, that's what he became, and led to them, you know, beating Bob Pettit's team, Bob Pettit's team in what fifty seven, and then they go the fifty eight, and then they go on and win. 10 more championships, you know, and it's amazing, yeah. you know, and he, and he's surrounded, he's surrounded by a great group of players, Tommy Heinsohn, Bob Cousy, Bill Sharman, Satch Sanders, Casey Jones, Sam Jones, John Havlicek, Don Nelson. Whoa. You know, this was a team and they understood it was a team game. And you know, and I know that there's no way that you would have an NBA team that would last that long anymore through 11 championships. One of the things that about the film it puts a, a different light on for me on Red Arbach. I didn't realize to the extent not only his impact as a coach, but how he was able to bring Russell in and tell him something that, that I think stuck with him for the rest of his career. And that was, I don't care about your stats. The only thing I care about is that at the end of the game, we won. And that seems to have infused him with, it gave him the freedom to be the player he wanted to be. Well, the thing to remember is that Red understood that it was always about winning. You know, it wasn't about, you know, how many points you made, how many rebounds you had. It was about playing a team game. And Bill learned that. And then when you think about, here he goes up against probably the, 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 the greatest, one of the greatest ball players of all time, Will Chamberlain. Will Chamberlain was seven two. Bill Russell was six nine. Will Chamberlain probably had what, 30, 40 pounds on on Bill Russell, but Bill Russell knew that he made he couldn't outscore Will Chamberlain, but if he could contain him enough, you know, and at the center position, it would help the other Celtics beat Bill's uh, Will's teammates, and they would win. And you're right, Red would say, "Wasn't well, about your individual stats. It was about what happened at the end of the game, who won and who lost." Just to give yeah. you some, uh, give our audience some frame of reference here, Will Chamberlain was certainly in his era and and arguably the greatest scorer of all time in the history of the NBA. In one season, he averaged, he averaged 50 points a game. That's, that's right. That's unheard of. And scored 100 points in one game, an imposing presence. Yeah, as you said, just a dominating, dominating person, personality as well as a player. He was a great player. 
He yeah. was a phenomenal player. In the film, we again, it's a two-part series, and I want to let people know that it, it's going to be premiering on Netflix on February Next. 8th. And also, his transition or his growth as a player and then this very interesting transition into becoming the coach of the Boston Celtics. Let's talk a little bit about that, how, how he grew as a player and how he became a great coach as well. Well, I think when, when Red Auerbach decided to retire, the biggest challenge the Celtics faced was who could coach Bill Russell? You know, who could who could coach Bill Russell? And they went through a bunch of names. Russell felt a couple of former teammates cut might have been the right fit. But at the end of the day, the only person who could coach Bill Russell besides Red Auerbach was Bill Russell. And so he knew that he was the one that should do it. Now, you know, sadly, his first season as a player coach, he didn't win. You know, they got beat in the playoffs by 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 Wilt's team. Yeah. No, no, by was well, Wilt wasn't on the team. But they got beat by a Philadelphia team. And then Wilt went on to win the championship because he was San Francisco at the time. But he was able to rebound and come back and win the next two seasons as a coach player coach. And the thing to remember, too, you know, Mike, is to be a player coach back then, you know, there were no assistant coaches, you know, it was just Bill figuring out how to move his players around, when to bring who in, when to, who to take out at the same time as he was playing himself. That was hard. That had to be really hard to do. I mean, Steph Curry, when we mentioned, we talked about that in the interview with Steph Curry. He said he can't imagine being able to do that today, you know be a coach and play at the same time and not have the uh, amount of support that coaches have today in the NBA. Amazing. Now the, today you look at an NBA sideline and there's at least five or six assistant coaches now. Exactly. They all have very specialized uh, perspectives on the, on the, on the game and how they can win, but absolutely. And he was putting up numbers as well. I mean, he, he was. And so, um, I, okay, yeah, I could go. I believe me, as a basketball fanatic, I have been through my entire life. I could talk for hours about that, but I do want to focus on again going back to his personal life, the side of him that non basketball related, uh, living in Boston, uh, what he had to deal with, how he how he addressed it, how uh, that part of his life because this is very tough. This was a very segregated Boston. Yeah, here's a man who lives in moves out to Reading, Massachusetts. You know, basically a white enclave, and he has to deal with people throwing garbage around his house. He has to deal that when they when the family leaves on a trip, they come back and their house is broken into. People that somebody defecates on his bed. He has to deal with the fact that when they decide to move to a different neighborhood, they weren't welcomed with openly. He had to fight all these things, you know. So the, it's it's really clear. It gives you clarity why he would have a major chip on his shoulder about the Boston public. Here's a city where he knew after 1957 that he was really the linchpin for that Celtic team. But what did most Celtics fans love and admire more than Bill Russell? Bob Cousy. But Bob Cousy says in the film, like, before Russell came to the Celtics, he was the man. But then after Russell came and the Celtics became a winning team, Russell was the man. Bob Cousy understood it. You know, if no one else did. Yeah, there's film. There's a uh, scenes in the uh, film headlines in newspapers about there. There were winning games, but they were saying things like "Kuzi out, Celts, where's, <laughs> Celts win." Where, where's Bob? <laughs> you know, it's amazing. Uh, 
I I absolutely love this film. Uh, this two-part series again, Netflix, February eighth, so coming out very very soon. And um, I love Bill Russell. Thank you, thank you so much. My pleasure, Mike. My pleasure. Show you there. Yeah, the film Bill Russell, legend. The director Sam Pollard, and I want to thank you so much for again spending a little time with us here on Film School Radio. My pleasure, Jason. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.